Hey there, this is Therese Skelly, and I am so excited that you are going to be listening to an episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. Do you like those two words? Fiercely Brilliant. My hypothesis is that you are here for a reason. We all are. Our souls have led us on journeys that have very often taken some twists and turns, and sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes there's struggle, and there's loss, and there's challenge, and in the middle of that, there's always the way out. And it's those times that often lead us into our great life and work. So you're going to hear stories in these episodes of myself and other beautiful people that share the journey. They share how they got to the place where they're standing, working in their brilliance and being the powerful leaders that they are. So stay tuned and enjoy this episode. Hey gang, this is Therese Skelly and another episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. You know, I love the speakers that I bring on. They tell the most amazing stories full of hope and inspiration and permission and possibility and juicy and yummy. And today's guest is no exception. So I want you to welcome Donnie Angel. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. Me too. Me too. We've been like circling each other's orbits for years, right? And and yes. uh, so I'm like, I'm, I'm glad that we're get, we get to connect and I get to share you with my audience. So why don't you tell us today what you do in your business and what you love about it? Okay. Well, I am, oh, I cannot stand this term. I really need a better <laughs> term. I'm a life coach for lack of a better term. I hear you. And for some reason, I always feel like I have to really qualify that with, you know, many years of formal training. Um, Could definitely have a PhD by now Mm -hmm. and chose to go a different route for many reasons, Mm -hmm. mostly that I am um, psychologically unable to follow rules. (laughs) (laughs) So there's there's something you could know about me right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Um, I so I've been coaching for 20 years before that I was public speaking, which I still do. Mm -hmm. But my my coaching has really. Refined itself over time to be where I would say 90% of my current work is around core values on a very deep, 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 deep level. So that's my jam, helping people get so clear and aware of what they value and how that's relevant and how to use it to completely align and trope their lives. You know, because I think that's one of those people go, yeah, 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 I I value money and happiness. Yeah, yeah. And if they don't align with our core values, what happens? It's unsustainable. You will be miserable. You will be overwhelmed, burned out. Um, It it is literally like not long-term possible. Or you're living somebody else's values and that's what makes it unsustainable, right? Right, right. But you won't do that for very long. (laughs) I promise you. I mean, you'll go into the shadow of your own core values before you'll really live someone else's. Mm. So there's a lot to it. I mean, it literally goes so, 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 so deep. Uh, But yeah, that's, I mean, to say what I love about it, I barely know where to start because I love everything about it or I wouldn't be doing it. Right. So I only do what I I only do what I love, honestly. And um, I've created a life where that is possible. Mm -hmm. And I, So I love, I love the fact that I get to work with amazing people from all over the world. I love the fact that I work almost always. I do travel for, to do retreats and workshops and trainings, 
but my one-on-one sessions are from my home and I live on a beautiful mountain and my home looks like an art museum. It's just filled with artwork. And I love that I get to invite people into that space Mm -hmm. and, you know, delicious coffee and peaceful (laughs) nature, and then go deep, 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 deep Mm. into them, their life, what they value, really hear them, really get them. Like, it's just, I love everything about it. (sighs) You make that so yummy. I'm sure folks are going where, what, and we'll tell you. It is so yummy. So yummy. We'll give you her contact information later. You got to listen to the show though first. (laughs) All right. I'd imagine that you had a life prior to this yummy designed life that wasn't so yummy. So why don't you, why don't you tell us, just, just start where you want. Well, (laughs) Ooh, so many places I could go with that. So, um, I don't mean to brag, but I have completed three marriages. So (laughs) I know, I know it's pretty awesome. Um, (laughs) And so to go back even further, just very briefly, like very weird and traumatic childhood uh, filled with lots of poverty and abuse and also lots of amazing and beautiful, phenomenal things that I wouldn't trade, actually wouldn't trade any of it for anything. But definitely, as all of you listening know, we have the things that inform us and get hardwired into us. And then we also have our inherent self. And many years of me playing with those things. Uh, I'm a natural born seeker. So I was reading voraciously from the time I was three and a half and was into self-help type books by the time I was six, seven years old. Um, Notebooks full of things. Um, All the neighborhood kids would like come to me for advice. Mm -hmm. By the time I was 12, adults were coming to me for advice. Mm -hmm. And I grew up very religious. And still to this day, actually love scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, I love archetypes and symbols and meaning. Yeah, right. Um, all about it, right? Yeah, I'm all about it. But I was very deep into this is the life I should live. The organized religion and them telling you what you should want, kind of thing. Right, right. Okay. Yes, and probably deeper than that was that I had like a family tradition, mm-hmm. you know, of, of being very devout and very, I would say, I don't want to say obedient because I've never been obedient. I, I really <laughs> thus, have thus the three marriages. you've completed. Exactly. Okay, exactly. Okay. I've always been very much like think for myself, think outside the box, yeah. but a lot of years of trying to reconcile what I was told about the world, or I would say the world I inherited. Mm-hmm compared to the world that was actually in alignment and congruent for me on a soul level. Right. And so I think it's an age old story that every single one of us has. Here's the world I inherited. And then here's the world I'm creating. But hold on. I feel like lots of people live unconsciously this is what I was raised with. This is, you know what I mean? You had the, I was three and I had, you know, I, I, I have the same stories of like, wait, what? you know, the the people that question, but for a lot of people, how do you have them break out of the inherited world to get into the, no, this is what your soul is really craving. So that is an awesome question. Um, And the reality is, is that 
it's pretty much seekers who find me. Mm-hmm. I would say most of my clients have been curious and um, exploring for most of their lives. But every once in a while, you'll get somebody who life itself shattered. Yeah. Right. Their life, their identity, everything they thought was true and real and good shattered. Yeah. Yeah. And they're compelled to find assistance and support in those moments. And the, the first place, this is my thing, like realness, rawness, no bullshit. Like that's my thing. And that's where I start every single time. Mm-hmm. Like no matter it's, I have a, my doormat mm-hmm. uh, outside my front door says, come as you are. Yeah. And then it says coffee's ready. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and it's like, I mean that. I mean it like you could be the biggest mess full on in your victim story, like snot rolling down your nose, wild mm-hmm. hair, you know, in velour sweats. I mean, I don't know who would ever wear velour sweats. I know. But She's got velour sweats on. If I may not or may it. not have like six <laughs> pairs of them. Uh, <laughs> um, hey, I'm in my fifties. I do what I want. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it starts with that realness. It starts with that. Here's what I can and can't stand. Here's what's a non-negotiable for me. Here's what I long for, even though I'm humiliated by the vulnerability of owning that. Yeah. So step one, raw, real, no bullshit for sure. And then from there, you can start to like, it's very powerful to have a listening and it doesn't even have to be a coach necessarily, but somebody who is so willing to honor you and your space and where you are and can hear what you can't hear in yourself. Right. 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 We all need that. Mm -hmm. Like I'm sure you have several coaches. I have several, right. Yes. Like you guys don't go to a coach. She doesn't go to coaches. Like you need someone who's doing their work and all of us are too close to our own shit Mm -hmm. to see clearly. Mm -hmm. So as you parse out these, usually going back to who you were as a young child, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I thought I had to go towards this life. Turns out that is not at all what nourishes my soul. I learned a ton from it, but it's not what nourishes me. So that becomes the question. So the first question is what's real. And the second question is what nourishes you? Beautiful. And you know, here's the thing. If you're listening to this, I think I always, and you, you heard Donnie talk about, I welcome all of it. I welcome the good, the bad, because to me, there's, there's the breakdowns are really the breakthroughs, right? And so some of us don't love that part of it. And it's, it's a gift. <laughs> don't love that part. Right? It's a gift. It's the only way through is to kind of like either have the divine discontent or allow the thing to be shattered. And sometimes people don't eat. What do you do if somebody doesn't know what nourishes them? Cause there's a lot of folks out there that like, I don't know, TV, Ted Lasso, you know what I mean? Like they don't have a sense. So so if you're sitting there and you're like, that sounds good, but I don't know what the fuck I'd want. I, I just don't want this, but I don't know what I do want. But that's the thing is your don't wants are pointing directly to what yeah, you do, want, right? Ding, ding, ding. Every nice. single time. Okay. So if you don't want a husband who cheats on you repeatedly, <laughs> what you do want is. Nice. Right. Nice. Okay. So perfect. I, like, I think the, the, I feel like we spend most of our twenties and thirties experiencing who we're not, which is amazing information. And let's put it, you know, be honest. We have a lot of fun doing it ideally. Um, 
but it's like, okay, well that I've started to change the, the phrase that didn't work into, well, what that taught me was. Nice. So when you had three marriages, so yes. So I had to do? <laughs> <laughs> Woo, depends on the marriage. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's funny looking back, I used to do a lot of justifying of my decisions uh, and I would always be like putting it back on my, you know, wounded childhood. And what I realized about that was that as long as I needed that, you know, young trauma to justify and oh. rationalize current behaviors, I was unwilling and unable to forgive the other, forgive myself and let it be That's because I had to hold it up as evidence. <laughs> hold on. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I got I just got to deconstruct this. Well, number one, we, the work we do, because we do real similar work. It's imperative that you understand the inner child trauma, that you heal that and be with that, right? So there's part one is understand what motivates, understand why you get there. But what I'm hearing you say is, but don't be freaking using it. Like, so, so if it's not using the wounded child, what then do you justify your actions with? Well, so I actually have been, and I am not even close to claiming to be perfect. Yeah. Look, you guys, I have one thing I'm perfect in, and that's making chili. So that is the only thing in this <laughs> well, life. Children, you have you're a beautiful master. children too, right? They're so. beautiful. <laughs> okay. So, um, <laughs> woo, um, that's a whole different ballgame. Okay. That's another so podcast. When All it, right. When it comes to justification, what I realized that was that I, through that justification, I was actually codependent mm-hmm. on my own trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It and keeps it alive, doesn't it? Yes, it just, it, I mean, yeah. like, it is literally manipulative for me to use my trauma to justify my bad behavior. Wow. And so once I saw that, I'm like, so do, do my choices need to be justified? Well, I don't know what that means because they've already been made. This is in the past. I can't change the past. Rather than my choices needing to be justified, I chose to shift that into my choices being used towards a life of expansion and curiosity and, wow. you know, fascination. Because no matter what anyone has to say about me, I've never been called boring, not once. I hear you. And it's, <laughs> but it, but it's so much, A, you're not locked into your, you know, like, like what they say is like 180 degrees from sick is still sick. Uh-huh. So if you're still in relationship, well, this happened because I was abused. This happened because of this. You're still in relationship with it. You're, you're not free of it. What no, I hear you're you saying, by it. You're, you're, you're run by it. run by it. As opposed to, uh, I'm just going to trust what moves me, trust my instincts and my impulses. And I might ha- have a moment of like, well, hell, <laughs> yeah, don't want that anymore, right? Like, but it's you, the originator of it versus being an effect of the trauma. I love that. Distinction. Absolutely. And it really is context. This is, mm. you know, this is context. Like, am I more powerful than what's happened? <sighs> hey, just stop. Can you say that listeners? Can you say that about, because that's the goal. That's what we want for you right? To rise above, use all the stuff as fuel, rise above. Yes. You know, yeah. Like when, use it, use it. When we first started our call before, our, before the recording, you talked about your experience of like letting go of the ideal, like the life you inherited for the real. 
So let's talk about that. Cause I, I think these aren't terms. No, no, nobody's laying in bed at night going, hark, I've got to let go of that ideal. You know what I mean? But real world, we all have this. We all have the idealized. We all have the, this is what I was supposed to do. And this is what the culture gave me or my family expects of me. So talk about that because you are okay. freaking living it today. Okay. So, and I did it. I like to do things apparently, or my soul does like all the way. Okay. So I actually woke up many levels of waking up from a dream. I was 26 years old and it's so funny to look back at that part of my life. So my first husband who was gorgeous, by the way, mm. and we had a little boy and a little girl, both of them just, just looked like they come off the cover of a magazine. Yeah. Um, I was probably like 110 pounds. I was fashionable. I was, um, we had a brand new, beautiful home. We had matching brand new cars. Just <laughs> Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, I mean, like my house was spotless and my body was perfect. And I woke up one day and I was like, this is the dream I inherited. Right. And I am fucking miserable. Wow. Absolutely Ooh. miserable. I was, my husband at the time and I were, to say we were incom incompatible, I'm going to tell you the kind of incompatible we were. Okay. Everyone that was around us would do this. So, um, how did you guys get together? <laughs> like, we were like across the room incompatible. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And uh, so it was this shock to my system that I had done everything right. Mm -hmm. um, I had tried really hard to create this life. I had succeeded at creating this life and I hated it. I hated living in the suburbs. Um, I, I hated honestly being like a stay at home mom at yeah. the time I was running a photography business and really loved that. But there were so much of the aspects of this life that did not work for me. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of my first shattering yeah. of the dream that I inherited, because what do you do when you get everything you were told that you should go for, and you are absolutely miserable with it. You know, a lot of people, Donnie, I think numb out, check out, cannot hear that themselves. You know, it's like, oh, it's not that bad. Oh, maybe if I just do this. And so the courage to get real with yourself, to know what you know, that's step one. Now, step two, how did you get out of that? Because I'd imagine your family loved said perfect life and husband and all. Like, I'm sure. Yes. 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 So how did you, how did you? Well, it, it wasn't overnight. And what I can yeah. tell you that didn't work was <laughs> at first I tried to, I call it heal pretty. Okay. I tried to heal pretty. So I was like, I'm going to heal this. I'm going to shift this, but I'm going to do it in a way that doesn't hurt anybody. I'm going to do it in a way that doesn't make me look bad. <laughs> <laughs> As you spit out your water. Yes. Right? Yes. <clears throat> That's so possible. Yes, go ahead. So possible. And I'm going to do it just in this very conscientious, responsible, uh, you know, way. And I, I genuinely tried to. And that, spoiler alert, did not work at all. And when it did finally, because it was five years after the realization, about four and a half oh, years, okay. um, and another child, before I was like, 
I cannot do this for one more second. Mm -hmm. And I find one of the most powerful ways to transform into your truer life is to be willing to play the villain. And for women, that's really hard. Really, really hard. hard. I was the villain. I, and I, because I was the one who chose out. Well, hold on. When you say you're a villain, what that translates into is you were willing to choose yourself over keeping everybody else happy. And that makes us, you know, vilified and and feeling like a villain or a bitch, but women are not taught to choose themselves over because you had to blow up a family here. I did. It was a family that was not even very real to begin with. And so I chose real over ideal, but the irony there is it was only the appearance of ideal. Sure. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm going to bed every night with both me and my husband going to opposite ends, clinging to the end of the bed. And I know I'm not the only one who's done this. Right. And it's not even anything against him. We uh, trust me. I was no better for him than he was for Mm me. Mm -hmm. Um, Really drastic mismatch, but it had the appearance like we looked good together. When I look at old pictures of the two of us together, I'm like, Ooh, that's a, that's a nice looking young couple. And yet, so what? Right. Right. Like, Mm. so what, who cares? And so, but I'm telling you the listeners that the willingness to be seen as the villain, even if you're not, they don't know your story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't know. You could be the most courageous human in the world to get out of the situation. And I promise you, you will be judged for it. Are you willing to be in the space of judgment and, and use even that towards propelling you into something truer? Because it's even good information who's judging you. Right. That's even good information. You and know, there's feedback there. It just takes so much courage. You can see, you know, I used to be a, a therapist when couples would come to me a lot and the women would say, I'm so ready to go. I'm so sick of him. And I'll say, okay, here's the thing. You have to choose yourself. Cause in the end, if you don't choose yourself and your marriage ends, you lose yourself and your marriage. But so many women would be like, well, and so they, they, they stay tethered just for the security. So how does a woman with three kids and the appearance of this great life, you know, like if somebody's at that point, if somebody, and might, maybe not ending a marriage, maybe ending a different relationship or, or changing positions or, or having like, I'm done with this life. How do you inspire courage in them? Because it's so, not pretty. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. Yeah, it's so. really not. And, and, you know, part of this is we're all very, very different. And one thing I will give as a caveat here is I don't give two shits about security. And so yeah. it's going to be easier for me, you know, right. like you can jump. I can jump. I love change. I'm very mutable. Mm-hmm. Um, I like you know, that feeling of, um, growth and expansion. So this is where, and, and even why the core values things come into play, because when people initially hear, Oh, core values, they think of some business training, like here's 10 (laughs) core values for you to from. You care more about balance or kindness. And you're like, neither. Um, This is, this is not that. Getting in touch, like for me, I had to get so real about what is it I'm doing here? 
like here on earth, here on this planet, here in this lifetime, in this body, what am I doing? Yeah. And because if I'm here to like do it right, quote unquote, or to be good or to be righteous or to whatever, I'm failing miserably by this point. Yeah. Yeah. So, even if it looks good on the outside, right? even if it looks good on the yeah. outside, I'm failing miserably because I'm not doing any of that. I'm not being honest. I'm not being real. I'm not being true. So when you are in a space like that, you've got to get so real about what it is you are, what do you value? What's the thing that if you're on your deathbed, 90 years old, and you're looking back at your life, what is the thing that you have to know you experienced that you have to know you brought to the table? And I just could not stand this idea of literally living a lie. I'm not afraid of hard things. This, this was nothing to do with, I can't stay married because it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's that it was a lie. Those are two different energies. 100%. Yes. So what is it? What is it? What is it you value? And it was, look, it was a shit show. Like you could, that's one of three. Okay. Right. So, right. you know, there was, um, accidentally getting married for a second time. Um, oh, we've all been there, done that. Well, teasing, teasing. We haven't, I mean, but yeah. First two were mulligans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although, you know, there were definitely highlights there as well. Yeah, sure. And then really the, what's ironic about this whole situation is I kind of did it again. So in my early thirties, I was single, three young children, working my photography job, starting my coaching career and actually quite thriving in a lot of ways. But, um, I had a very, very short second marriage, but as I came out of that, what I decided was that, okay, so it didn't work. By this point, I had left the religion I grew up in, mm-hmm. um, still very much a spiritual, like I, you know, like I'm a, I call myself a Christian witch. Yeah. So very witchy, love me some God and Jesus, like mm-hmm. sure. have my own thing going on and very, very comfortable with that. But I was like, okay, so sort of like I tried to do it my way to some degree. I think I need more stability. And when you have young children, the drive for stability is actually biological. Absolutely. That makes sense. Right. And so I found someone extremely stable Mm. and decided to try it all again. Yeah. Um, And I got pregnant with my fourth child. And so I was like, well, I'm already pregnant. We're already living together. We're already sharing a life. I think I'm old enough and wise enough by this point that I can do this and figure this out. Mm-hmm. And it was really in that 11 and a half year relationship that I grew more than I've ever grown mm-hmm. in my life. I really see um, my third husband <laughs> as one of my greatest teachers, as That's one awesome. of my biggest soul contracts. That's awesome. And it was no joke. Well, I want to, we're getting short in time. So I want to jump to your fourth marriage. You're like, you're like my inspiration here because uh, <laughs> your husband is a lot younger than you. He is a lot younger than I am. Right. So he is 22 years younger than 22 I am. Years, right. So right now he's 30 years old and I'm 52. Okay. My, my boyfriend's eight years younger. So I'm, I'm with you, sister. I'm with this, you in this area, but you know, I know for me, just bumping into eight years younger, 
in the beginning, I had the like, holy shit, I'm older. Oh my God. You know, and like the age and the women thing. And, you know, it, it's, it's, you bump into identity issues and you bump into, at least I shall say I did. I, 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 it was a big <gasps> to not buy into the societal, like oh, older woman kind of thing. And so for you, because again, real versus ideal, that's the theme mm-hmm. of this. Did people give you shit about that? Was there any, like, did your children, your children could be his age. Like, 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 did, was there any, because you were like, no, this is real. I'm going to follow this and not listen to the voices. So I would love to hear how you did that. Well, it's not my first rodeo with that. So my third okay. husband is 15 years younger than I am. Ah, look at you. Okay. I, I, I'm, very, I'm a very vibrant person. Okay. I need yes, someone yes. who can keep up with me. Um, I have almost zero regard for any type of societal expectation. Nice. So that is not, I, I just didn't care didn't about anything to do with that, yeah. but there was definitely, um, I mean, the whole situation was scandalous, really. Um, my husband is a very interesting human being. Um, he is very creative. Um, he's very fiery. He's a redhead. Mm-hmm. Um, he is he's not what you would think that I would have been looking for after. (laughs) Well, your soul knew though, right? But my soul Mm -hmm. apparently craves expansion Mm -hmm. to the point where I seem to choose it over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. And so again, which is what's ironic about that. I'm having much more fun this time around and there's an incredible connection. And we, we really do have so many fabulous adventures. Uh, Our compatibility is higher than I actually ever thought humanly possible. Um, And we do, we get a lot of comments and a lot of questions. We don't look 22 years apart. So I would say he looks slightly older than he is. And I look slightly younger than I am. Um, although my velour sweatsuits will tell you I'm 50. Um, <laughs> You're a sexy I, mama. Come on. What are you doing? What are you doing? Every time like we get the looks or the comments, um, it really does not bother me at, at all. What the challenge is about having that age gap is that he is in the process of learning things that I've already come through. And so I find myself saying like, I'm too old for this shit, you know? And it's not that I'm tired because I have a ton of energy. I probably have too much energy, truly. Uh I should probably start, I don't know, exercising or something, but um, (laughs) it's that you cannot change your developmental state. Absolutely. So when I get frustrated, I have to remember what a nightmare I was when I was 30. And he's actually significantly better than I was in most ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's not, okay, good, let's go back to this idea of real over ideal. It doesn't get any more real than me and Gideon. Mm. Like when people say I would kill to have your relationship, I'm like, mm. The things we say to each other, the subjects we talk about, how deep we go with everything, it's not for the faint of heart. Mm. Like we are raw. Yeah. yeah. So this is not a kid gloves kind of a situation. Right, right. Uh, we are willing, both of us, 
to lean into whatever pain, Mm -hmm. whatever conflict, whatever cracks in the foundation there are. And, and to, to find a partner like that, that's the dream. That's where I will choose real over ideal every fucking day for the rest of my life. (laughs) That's a wrap. Because you start by saying I was in a marriage that on the outside was yes. was deemed appropriate, socially yes. acceptable, the pretty package. Yes. And some people look at you and go, really, woman, you cougar, you weirdo. Like, yes. he's, he's oh, old, yeah. As old as your children are. What the fuck? Right. right? He's two years older than my oldest. <laughs> and my mother-in-law is a full year older than I am. So it's not that bad. <laughs> there we go. That works so well. But my point is you had to walk through not only the fires of your marriage, but even with this, you had to push past the the bounds of what society says is, or what you should do. You know, you could get a 60 year old that would take care of you. and, Mm -hmm. And yet you found a partner that makes you more alive and you bring him into this magical place of realness as well. So Hot damn, sister. You are living it. Like, what a well, and I'm, you know, the reality is I'm still walking through the fire. We walk through the fire every single day. And I think yeah. there's this idea that if you're with the right person, that it's just going to be, you know, easy, squeezy, lemon breezy for the rest of your life. And, and, and is that what you even want? Well, if you want shallow and nobody's really being talk, talking. Sure. Maybe I think there are people that want that because they don't want to be real. They don't want to be challenged. You and I are the kind that's like, Oh, bring it on. Let's go. Right. Yes. Let's do this. But that that's what I, sometimes my, cause I work with a lot of couples as well. And sometimes my heart breaks when I hear them, like, I don't want to work through this thing. And I'm like, do you honestly think that the next person you're with, that's not going to have anything to work through? (laughs) Like you, of course, of course, there's such a thing when people, when I say that people are like, yeah, well, you've been divorced three times. I married three men that although amazing in their own ways, the incompatibility was so deep that there was no working through it and they were unwilling to work through it anyway. Mm -hmm. Got it. And the reason I believe that Gideon and I will be together for the rest of our lives is because we work through what needs to be worked through. And that means I don't say, well, when Gideon fixes this or changes this, I'm like, what do I need to see, heal, face in myself? Right. Right. And so what I know is no matter what happens with us, I am a better person every day. Beautiful. Because, because you command it to be so, because you're Absolutely. willing to be in it. I, I feel like relationships are the greatest teachers, the greatest healers, if you're willing to do the work. And they're, the, and, and they're the gnarliest, right? 100%. The, sometimes I'm like, okay, um, I would like to renegotiate myself. <laughs> Uh, may I speak to the manager? <laughs> Can I just sell I shoes and be happy? Hell, did I think I could handle in this lifetime? Ooh, right. Yeah, but yeah. On the other hand, I just find myself never bored. Yeah. I find myself always exploring and always growing and always reaching. And there's something that is just really profound mm. about 
having, <laughs> having playmates on that journey yeah. that are willing to do the same thing. Beautiful. So this show is about basically letting go of the ideal to get to the real. And if you were to talk one more, two more sentences, how do you help people give themselves permission to do that? Last thoughts. Oh, my word. Um, you know, really the biggest thing there is the having enough of a pause, coming away from the entangled crazy for long enough mm -hmm. to even drop into what that is. Nice. And then without trying to control or force or push or resist, just starting to allow the unwinding and trust that the thing that is more real than what you're currently experiencing is happening already. Even if you can't see it, you got to be Even in the trust process. Yes, right, yes right. exactly. And to, and to be willing to let it happen, to be willing to allow, and I know people don't love hearing that, but it's like, that's the reality. The awareness is mm -hmm. where it starts every single time. Beautiful. <gasps> this has been so freaking yummy. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're soul sisters in so many Heck ways. Yes, so, absolutely. So tell folks where they can find you. And I think you have a free gift and guys, this will be in the show notes as well, but why don't you just share what that is? Okay. So you can find me on donnieangel.com. Um, and the gift, which however it is, we worked that out, getting that to you is a, um, like a little mini class on core values in relationships. Oh, and nice. it's like the best of what I have found with core values and, and how they inform your relationships. So I figured that would be appropriate since Perfect. we're talking a lot about that today. So we will make sure that you have access to that, but all of my stuff is on donnieangel.com. All Beautiful. of it. So thank you for sharing your journey. You are, you are a light, my dear. And here's what I'm going to ask you listeners. Think of two people that need to hear this episode. Two people that you know, like, wow, they are living a lie. Or maybe they know they're living a lie. Or maybe they're just looking for that next little piece of inspiration, that next little like nudge, that reminder that life can be better for them and send this episode to them. All right. Thanks again. And peace and blessings. Bye now. Hey, this is Teresa, and I'm so excited that you were with us today for another episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. You know, if you are inspired to get to that brilliant place, if you heard some wisdom today that made you think, yeah, I need some help in that area, I would encourage you to have a conversation with me. Super simple. You just go to treeskelly.com forward slash let's connect. It's a no charge, no pressure conversation. And if I can support you to clear the blocks, to really step into that brilliance, oh my gosh, it would be a delight. And I'll be honest with you, we'll just have a great conversation and see where we can take it. Peace and blessings, bye.